are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. What's up? This is episode 11 of the Nomad Me Podcast. I'm talking to my friend Sammy Gardner, who shows people how to get digital nomad careers using LinkedIn and how to take the plunge to be a digital nomad. Let's do this. Sammy Gardner. (laughs) Hi, Beck. Hi. What is up? It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Beck. I'm super excited to be on your show. I've been kind of following your journey for a while, and I've had friends who've gotten results working with you and your different programs, so it's definitely cool to chill with you and just kind of, you know, shoot the shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely excited. There are um, a few people I know who have raved about you, and so I definitely, I think we definitely need to become better friends. Um, I want to, I guess, get started by finding out how how you got everything. I always want to know how people got started, right, as a nomad, and and particularly um, right at the beginning, because uh, I know you're, where are you right now? Are you still in Colombia? Yeah, I'm in Medellin, Colombia. Yes. How long are you there for? Um, I'm probably, I was only planning on two months, but I'm really liking this city, so I might extend it for another two. I want to leave some time so I can do a, a conference here in October, but... Um, I'm thinking a good four months. The city is just, the climate here is amazing. It's amazing. And everybody's beautiful. It's ridiculous. That's super cool. Are you talking about seven and seven? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going too. That's so fun. We'll meet in person. Sweet. I'm down for that. Yes. All right. So sorry. Let me get, uh, let me get back on track here. Uh, How did you get started nomading? Okay, well, my background, this is going to probably sound kind of weird. My background is actually, I was a college librarian for a number of years. And I had, yeah, I know, I dreamed of traveling the world as I was like trapped in my library. And I ended up, you know, doing my master's, kind of like being interested, listening to, you know, the Tropical MBA, um, Natalie Simpson and those other people, and just kind of having that like dream. Um, But it was only after I ended up switching to career services after I got coached by um, the career services department of the college I was working at, that I could see a way where, hey, I could actually make money online because that was always the thing that had stopped me i had done some web design um and i had done other freelancy type things but never made any money so it always felt like you know that like podcasts that you listen to when you're on your commute and you're dreaming of a coconut lifestyle but really you're stuck in traffic being like why the hell am i here yeah um so flash forward a couple of years and i'm working for a nonprofit. i have a part-time um freelance gig with a tech boot camp and a bunch of things kind of happen at once. Um, as a nonprofit, you're kind of at the winds of whatever the administration. Um, and with this current one, cause I'm from the States, um, it just became that our grant, which was targeted towards LGBT folks was just not going to re- be renewed. So I was looking at being made redundant. And then I had my grand- grandmother get sick. And then I had the nonprofit refuse my 
you know, request to take time off. And even though I only had a, a like a very part-time online job and I had student loans and all sorts of stuff, and all that happened at once, it just made me, like on a random Tuesday, I went to my manager and I was like, Paco, you gotta sit down. Um, and I just told him, like, I gotta give my two weeks notice. And I hadn't really given much thought to how I was going to like make it happen. It was just a split second decision. And then two weeks later, um, I was in the middle of like a contract negotiation with the startup that I freelance for. I was heading off to New York City to go, um, you know, because I'm from the state of New York. That's where I'm originally from. I'm hanging out with my grandparents for like a month, you know, taking care of them in New York. And then I ended up going to Brazil. So for me, like I had this period of a couple of years where I was like, I'm going to think about it. And then I just had like this month where I was just like, you know what? I just got to really do it. Um, so ever since then, I haven't looked back. I've been to about four different continents in last eight months I've been to you know yeah like oh when I was just like I'm breaking free I was like I'm breaking free like I went to Brazil I went to Berlin Prague Lisbon Morocco um went to New York City a couple times um and now I am in Colombia and honestly for anybody who's on the fence if you're able to make some income online it's it's really not that much more difficult difficult to scale it and if you've been thinking about it just go for it it was way easier than I thought like I thought I'd have to make like a spreadsheet and like get rid of all my stuff and like <laughs> do all these random things and it's like no literally just get rid of a lot of your stuff pack a bag and go other countries have all sorts of things so if you forget something don't worry <laughs> they have deodorant in Dubai you know what I mean that's amazing other countries have other like things so yeah and sometimes they're better than what you have at home. So you really <laughs> never know. Just get on out there. That is super, super cool. So um, just to go over again, like how is it that you create your cash? How do you make money? Okay, sweet. So how I do this is that I have about two niches that I'm in. Um, I've been doing the career coach thing for a while. I specialize in tech, so I do resume writing, career consulting, um, LinkedIn writing for job seekers. I've also um, done partnerships with tech boot camps and larger organizations to provide career services to their clients or their customers. The next thing that I do is that I do um, LinkedIn strategy for entrepreneurs because I found that over the years that I've been using LinkedIn that most of the time job seekers are using it to their full potential, but online, you know, um, especially Facebook entrepreneurs, they really have no idea what they're missing out on. So for both of these two niches, I have um, passive income funnels with courses, templates, that type of thing. And then I also have my one-to-one -one services. So that is how I'm creating money and wealth now, but I'm always on the lookout for new revenue streams. I really feel like the core of my purpose for my business and my career is really economic empowerment um, in the way that I think is the best method for anybody who wants to economically empower themselves is to have multiple revenue streams. So that's one of my big pushes this year is just to increase 
the amount of revenue streams that I already have. Wow, awesome. What do you use for funnels? Um, for my funnels right now, I like, if you can imagine it like those old Rube Goldman machines or like that gay mouse trap, it's just like I have a bunch of like low cost tools who are just zapped together pretty much. Wow. So it's a little bit more complicated than it needs to be, but that's why this year one of the things I've done is that I've outsourced so I can have somebody else do all that techie backend organization stuff. Cause I'm a quick start person. Like oh, you give yes. me a mission, I take a week, I jam out something quick and dirty, mm -hmm. and then I need someone to like do like the the proper like foundational work so it's gonna last. Oh my um, god, I feel you. That's exactly what I'm like. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's so much fun. It means um, I can like validate things. I did uh, your. Um, you're a funnel hustle, you know, and after a while, once you get into business for a while, you can do like the validation, create an MVP with info products in like a day. So it's yeah. been pretty awesome to like work like that. And now I have somebody who, who they like doing all of that grindy, techie, sort of detail oriented stuff. So I can just be like, okay, I made a thing. Here you go. It's held together with tape. How about you <laughs> with it? I love it. And actually, let's just let's just talk about that for a, a minute, a second more, um, because there are like I mean, obviously, there are more than two kinds of people. But but um, for people like us and, and I think it takes a while maybe to figure out that this um, divide exists. But for us, people like us and maybe if you're listening to this, you know, you can you can tell immediately what kind of person you are. Are you the kind of person that wants to start things and has like loads of ideas and is happy to like validate stuff? It doesn't mind a bit of rejection to get stuff going. Um, or does the idea of receiving a project and then continuing with it and making it perfect and, you know, uh, really kind of working on the functionality aspect or the customer service, all that kind of stuff. One of those things usually appeals to you. Um, more than the other and that can be really helpful when you're just starting out mm -hmm. and that's the thing like a lot of people feel like they need to be splashy you know they need to be like a cat Laterzo or something like that and they need to be the person that's in the front ground selling something mm. but really what a lot of online marketers could use as that person who's the detail oriented the systems first and mm. and so that's really an asset if you can use that every every sherlock is looking for their watson you get what i mean yes yes good analogy i love it yeah i found someone recently who is um really great at uh doing all that secondary stuff and it, it did seem for a long time like i was like man i I've got to do all this stuff and I can't handle all of it. I mean, the day that you get to outsource that stuff is like one of the best days of your life. Am I right? Oh my God. It is so great. Even if you're somebody who likes tech things, cause that was my problem is that I like tech things, you know, like, so it's not, it wasn't like a bad thing. Like I could do it, but it just, once you start having more than one brand, once you start scaling, once you start doing that, you realize, you know what? this does not need to be me. This really does not need to be me. Um, and you just have to pass it on. You just got to make sure you give people good instructions because they can't read your mind. So if you do get a VA, let, that's one of the best things to do to like get your own processes kind of straight in your own mind because you have to explain it to somebody else. Exactly, yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about leads because when you were saying that you have two brands and uh, one of them is uh, kind of helping with job finding, right? Mm-hmm. And the other one is uh, helping entrepreneurs with LinkedIn. How do you get leads for both of those? I have um, two very different strategies um, on my different platforms. Um, so for me, I use Facebook as a place to promote the more digital nomad, the entrepreneur side, and all my LinkedIn writing services to entrepreneurs. Mm. So my presence there is going to be way different than on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I have it very much tailored to be directed towards um web developers, tech professionals, those sort of things. Mm. So I've used keywords to optimize how I use LinkedIn. All my content there is very specific and targeted. Um, so that is how I keep those separate. Um, I use Facebook ads sometimes for Facebook or I utilize um, Facebook groups. I also go to conferences and that's way helpful you know um just meeting hannah was fantastic so once you start actually meeting entrepreneurs mm. that makes that sort of marketing branding collaboration affiliate so much easier um and then with linkedin because my content i've been creating content there for a while i you know usually just have people who come to me um whether to engage with my content to ask me questions to do discovery calls so that's kind of how i have my businesses separated Interesting. Um, since I heard that you were doing LinkedIn, I mean, and I'm sure I'm not alone. <laughs> you know, like most people just don't really, I mean, millennials or um, what, you know, like a lot of the, I guess, Facebook crowd, I spend 90% of my time on Facebook usually. When I heard you were doing LinkedIn, I was really interested because I really just felt like it was dead. You know, I'm like, I never go on there. I signed up ages ago. Um, before this interview, I actually went back on my LinkedIn, took a look. I was like, ooh, this needs updating. So I updated it. But I was like, man, I, I don't know, like, what the opportunities are. And maybe I could use them if I, um, I mean, obviously, there's some things that don't work on LinkedIn. But what sort of things uh, would you recommend LinkedIn for and how useful is it really? Okay. Well, um, for it depends on your industry. So mm -hmm. if let's say you are um, selling physical products, you either have an Etsy or you're drop shipping or something like that, mm -hmm. you can use LinkedIn to connect with bigger distributors, um, store owners, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. If you are an author, you can use LinkedIn to connect to conference leaders, um, journalists and publications to try to get um, speaking and publication opportunities. Mm. If you are like me and you are providing a one-to-one -one service, you can use LinkedIn to pretty much curate your connections. So for me, I'm very clear in who I target. I have very specific job titles. I have very specific locations. So for me, I can use LinkedIn to find exactly who I want my content to go out to. For someone like you, you might be something who you might want to do something with like maybe your digital nomad products. Mm. One thing I've noticed on LinkedIn is that inspirational content does really well. As you can imagine, if it's like 2.30 on a Wednesday in your cubicle and you're thinking you're about to fall asleep, you might you're on LinkedIn anyway, you know, and that's a great place to hit those people who are like, 
ooh, I could be a coconut cowboy. What do you mean? It costs less to live other places. Um, you know, and that's and that's kind of how you can use um, LinkedIn. I've been work. I've worked with a lot of different sort of um, startups and entrepreneurs, like um, life coaches. They actually do pretty well on LinkedIn, and that is because that whole um, industry is a little bit empty. You know how on Facebook, if you're a life coach, it's just like you're a dime a dozen, and it's just really oversaturated. Yeah, it's not the same on LinkedIn. So you're going to find that some industries are going to be, you know. I don't want to say right for the taking, but right for the taking. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of like some different ways of utilizing um, LinkedIn. If you already have like a VA, then there's really no reason for you not to be using your backlog of content and just scheduling it. Like um, I haven't noticed third-party schedulers having that much of a decrease at all on my on my reach. The only time I see that is if I'm kind of half-assing my scheduling. Like if I'm just like, here's an article, here's an article, and I don't even bother to like ask a question or you know make a point or add an opinion. Yeah, that's not going to go very far. Um, but if you already have a backlog of content, just plug it in there, and you'll be surprised the amount of engagement that you can get. Awesome. Yeah, I know I need to definitely um, spend some more time on there, but I, and, and I'm sure you would agree, you know, uh, using LinkedIn just for the sake of using something uh, in addition to everything, you know, how some people, they get started, they're like, okay, I need Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, blah, 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 and they're just like spread thinly across all the platforms. It's definitely better to do a great job of like two things than it is to try to do like uh, an average job of, loads of things right oh i i definitely agree the thing is is that you got to figure out if your people are on linkedin and how you're actually gonna have your goal on there because you can have very specific goals on linkedin and do well like little campaigns whether it's to book venues for a book signing tour or you know you're gonna become you know a speaker or something like that that's great but if you don't have a goal and you haven't even validated to see if your people are on LinkedIn then it's not gonna be good but that's gonna be the same for any platform I usually work with people who they bought a lot of business courses that have um an online marketing focus, but it's just on Facebook. And for a lot of them, they're people who are, you know, people who teach folks how to invest real estate. They are, you know, um, startups that are trying to give workshops to government agencies. They are, you know, retirement consultants, and they're trying to do stuff on Facebook, you know, and of course, like they didn't get anywhere. Whoever, you know, somebody should have been like, honey, your retirement demographic, they're on LinkedIn and they really want you to tell them about life beyond AARP. Like they're not on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So go find them. Um, so you all have to make sure it's a good uh, use of time. I was the same way in the beginning. I was kind of everywhere and I was burning out and I was just like, why am I trying to tweet anything? I don't <laughs> want to tweet. I don't even like Twitter. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't just spread yourself then. Love it. Um, so, uh, last question for this part of the interview, when do you doubt yourself and what moments have you had in your, in your entrepreneurial and nomadic journey when you've thought of giving up? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I doubt myself, 
when it comes to the nomading or entrepreneurship, it always comes to comparing myself to others. So if I get too focused on what other people do, like even if it's something silly, like, you know how in, you know, the typical stereotype of a nomad is that they have like one backpack and they have two shirts or something, (laughs) you know, like I'm not going to be that. Like I'd rather go to a place and like, you know, have more than two shirts, you know, instead of (laughs) it a little bit. So it's like, am I still a real nomad if I'm not like moving every two weeks around Vietnam? I still think I am. I've gotten around pretty well, but when you're focused on what other people are doing, that's when the doubt settles in. Um, the only moment that I really thought about giving up was, um, it was when I was in Lisbon. I had gotten, I had fallen sick and it was the first time I had really fallen sick since I had left home. And, you know, I was staying in sort of like this pop-up mindfulness retreat And I also discovered that I'm probably not the best person to be on a retreat um, since everybody was like trying to eat things that never had a shadow. And I'm just like, are we going to get wine? Because I could bring it in. Um, (laughs) Apparently, I'm not that kind of mindful. But uh, yeah, I got really sick and I was like alone and everybody was too busy like doing like you know, yoga and sunset. And I had this moment where I'm like walking through like this, um, you know, really big, you know, flat that I'm staying in. And like, I'm like all sick. And I'm just like, if I was at home, my mom, I could go to my mom's house or blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so sad. (laughs) But then I got better and then I got over it. And then I went to Morocco. But it's definitely whenever I'm sick, I'm just like, if I was home now, I'd have soup and I would have to remember other languages and I could just do a thing. Oh, yeah, that's what <laughs> oh man yeah I guess that's that's something uh I hadn't thought about but yeah when you're sick it is easier just to be you know you might have uh uh good memories of of home and your mom and soup yeah that makes total sense <laughs> um <laughs> let's do the quick fire round are you ready oh I'm ready give it all right you just got to say your answer as fast as uh as fast as you can think of it all right Gotcha. <clears throat> All right. What's your favorite city to nomad in and why? Favorite city is going to be Prague. Prague mm. has a great transportation system. It's very affordable for, for Europe. It is a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Shenzhen if you need to need to do that. And there's a ton of vegan food and there's dogs everywhere. I've never seen a place where I saw more cute, adorable, and just chill dogs everywhere. Hmm. Like, were they healthy? Yeah, they were owned by people. It's just like, everybody takes their dogs everywhere in Prague. Like, it's one of those places where humans more likely to get kicked out of a restaurant than a dog. Interesting. Yeah, when you said dogs everywhere, I thought, because I'm in Bangkok, there's dogs everywhere here too, but it's, uh, they're not as cute. <laughs> They're a little, <laughs> yeah, they're a little more um, dangerous. But um, all right, what uh, what's a cause that you feel strongly about? A cause that I feel strongly about is going to be economic empowerment and you know diversity representation. Mm. You know, in the workplace, I really feel like with my work that I do, one of the big joys that I get from it is just helping people take that next step up the ladder. 
you know, because money isn't everything. But if you've ever lived with money and you've lived without money, then you're going to agree with me that life with money <laughs> is better. It's just better. It's easier. Yeah, you can have more problems, but your problem's not rent payments. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> for me, being able to help people get out of that sort of like, struggle, you know, getting out of dead end jobs. Um, and I've done a lot of my work for people who are kind of like non-typicals in their industry, whether they're women in tech or they are people of color. And that's just, that's my cause. Cool. What do you aspire to be and what do you think is possible for yourself? Uh, my first thought is paperback writer. I would love to be like a Stephen King or a JK Rowling. Um, what do I think is possible for myself? I mean, pretty much anything. If there's, if there's anything that I learned from 2017, it's one, never meet a male comedian in person. And two, anything's possible in the universe. The standards are low. You just have to go for it, man. I mean, I'm from a country where we elected a reality TV shows, show host to the presidency. Anything's possible. Just go out there. <laughs> love it um what advice do you have for people who are wondering if this kind of life the nomadic life is possible for them my advice would be to start downsizing see what kind of crap you don't really need around your house mm -hmm. and then i would say if going abroad and just being in a foreign country is scary to you move somewhere in your own country mm. We all have countries where there's something cool about them. It's just like, I meet Colombians here who are like, yeah, whatever. And like, I want to be like, everybody is trying to get to Colombia. It's one of the hottest places. Mm. But the people who live here are like, whatever. But for all of us, if you have that sense of adventure, then go move somewhere else. Just try to live somewhere else for a little bit. Once you do one move, it's easier to do the next move and the one after that. That's the thing that I have to remind myself about nomading is that if I don't pace myself, I end up running around and then I'll be like, why am I so tired? Oh yeah, I've been to like four different countries in four weeks, that'll do it, Jeez. you know, so pace yourself but just just see what happens when you get outside your comfort zone yeah i like what you said about um moving into like if you don't want to go far just move to another part of your country there's i feel like people have this is a little bit of a rant i have but i feel like people have a lot of excuses right like oh it's because i haven't started being a nomad because you know blah blah my job blah blah my country blah blah i'm from a poor country etc and while you know i um I know that uh, I am very blessed. You know, we, you and I both are very blessed to um, have what we have and the opportunities that we've had, et cetera. It really is possible for anyone. You know, you can, oh, I'm from here. Great. hundred bucks, buy a flight. Now you're somewhere else. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't really, as long as you can, like you said, earn a couple bucks online, learn how to scale that so you can um, support yourself from wherever then yeah, it's, it's, it's easy. Um, yeah, it's, it's so doable. And it's one of those things where I was like, you know, it's probably good. I didn't do it when I was like 20. Cause who knows what I might've gotten up to. Cause me at 20 was a bit of a wild card, but it's definitely something that I'm like, 
how could I even go back to the way I was living? Even if I don't decide to nomad a bunch, I'm definitely probably going to be an expat somewhere. The lifestyle's too good. Mm. Um, Where would you expat? Do you have any ideas yet? Um, I, if I was, the places that I would be looking at would either be, I really like Colombia. There's a lot to here, but it would, would probably be somewhere like Mexico, just because I grew up near the border. I love Mexican culture. I love the food. I know a lot about the history. You know, I'm not bad with the language. And it's something where if you're in Mexico City, you can pretty much get anywhere. Mm. So that would probably be one of my first places that I would look. But I've also haven't been to Southeast Asia yet. So it's hard for me to pick a place because I still have so many things on the bucket list that it feels like, you know, it's like um, getting married at like 18. It's like, no, man, there's a whole world out there. I don't want to settle just yet. I got a whole buffet. (laughs) I love it. Cool. Um, Let's talk about where people can find you online. Awesome. Okay. Where people can find me online is I'm mainly um, on LinkedIn at Samantha Gardner. Um, and I'm on Facebook at with in my business page for Sammy Gardner. You can also go to my website, which I have two. One is linked and then there's a hyphen mastery.com and then career kickstart academy.com. Cool. Those are either of those sites and see those, uh, those are going to be in the show notes, those links. Sweet. Okay, so yeah, you can go there, um, check out my courses, templates, that sort of stuff. And I also have a podcast called The Career Kickstart Show, which you can uh, subscribe to on YouTube or on iTunes, I mean. Nice. All right, we will add those links. It has been amazing having you on the show. I can't wait to chat with you in real life as well. Good times. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, back. Thanks, Sammy. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.